Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I love it. Well, while you're standing, if you don't mind, we're going to read God's Word together. I got about seven verses for you. And I believe that as we're continuing this series called Can't Steal My Joy, that the Lord wants to speak not only through worship but through His Word. And I just believe that the Word of God is, if you're able to stand, would you do that for me? Just in honor of His Word. This is what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4. If you're ready for God's Word, say, I'm ready. I love it. Here's what it says, Philippians chapter 4. Verse number four says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. I'm going to say it again, Paul says, rejoice. Somebody shout rejoice. Yeah. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Watch what he says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done then, right? There, there, there's some stuff that's prerequisites to watch what happens. He says, then. Somebody shout, then. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about things that are excellent, and worthy of praise, and then keep putting into practice all that you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then, everybody say then, then the God of peace will be with you, right? I don't know about you, but is there anybody that needs some peace this week, right? Is there anybody that needs some peace or whatever the situation you might find yourself walking through? I just believe that the Word of God has an incredible recipe for you and I. If we will do what the Word says, I believe that you can experience some peace. I'm believing the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us today. Come on, let's pray together and just expect that God's going to do more than we could ask or think or imagine in this place today. God, we thank you for today. We honor you. We love you. We're so thankful for your Word. We're so thankful that we get to worship you and sing to you and sing about you and uh, the names of God that we get to just call out El Shaddai, that you're the prince of peace, that you're with us, that, that even in the midst of situations that may not be peaceful, that God, you are peace, and that we can experience that. And so today, God, I just pray that your name would be lifted up, that Jesus, you would be honored, that you would be glorified, and that at the end of today, man, we can look back and say, wow, look how incredible God was. Look how incredible he is. Look how incredible and worthy he forever will be. And all of God's people said, Amen. Come on, if you love Jesus one more time, can we give him a big shout of praise all over this room? I love it. I love it. Once you high five three people around you and tell them, I'm glad you're sitting next to me. I'm glad you're sitting next to me. And you can have a seat. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. I love that. I love that. I love that.
Well, I want to take a second just to uh, just stare right there at that camera and just tell everybody that's watching online or even listening on the podcast, man, we love you. We're so glad that you're hanging out with us today. Uh, come on, can we put our hands together and welcome everybody that's listening in, watching online, whatever it might be. We love you. So glad you're here. I don't know about you guys. I'm all the way fired up for this uh, sermon today. You can't steal my joy, right? Tap your neighbor and say, you can't steal it. Go ahead. Let them know. You can't steal it. You can't steal it. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, I, I got a quick question, and this is kind of one of those, what I call an all-skate, which means it gets everybody out on the skate rink together, the floor together. And this is one of those things, I think all of us, if we would answer it, let's answer it very honestly, very truthfully. How many of us in this room are worriers? Come on, somebody, wave at me if that's you. Wave it around like you just do care. I saw somebody like elbowing somebody else, like that's you, right, elbowing. Somebody waving two hands in the air, right? I'm a worrier. I, I don't know about you, but I remember as a kid, um, I, honestly, I worried a whole lot. I, and my dad can even tell you, my mom and dad, like, I used to worry so much that I would almost have ulcers in my stomach of what I was supposed to do or what I was not supposed to do. I was just worried about everything. Come on, right? Like, that's just something I did growing up. And it's funny is as I got older, sometimes I didn't outgrow some of the things that I used to do when I was a kid, right? And I began to worry a lot. And, and let's just be honest. Again, this is all of us all on the skating rink floor together. And kids, if you don't know what a skating rink is, ask your mom and them, all right? So, like, ask them. But it's an all-skate. I want everybody to just participate for a second. How many of us? have found themselves over the last two years, if you could think about the last two years, since so 2020, 2021, and 2022, have you found yourself becoming more anxious, worried more, anxious faster, easier? Is there anybody that would say, you know what, yes, that's been me. Come on, I'm with you. I think we've all been there. Thank God we all still have some hair. Some of us, my bad, other than Stephen up here on stage. Right, all right, right. Other than Stephen, which we clowned in the first service, so he's okay with me saying that, okay, all right? But, like, like I think about that. I'm just, I, I don't know about you, but I find myself over the last few years, like, really worrying, really struggling, really becoming anxious. Actually, even in the last couple years, I kind of just had a, some bout with some depression, some low spots, just some anxiety that I really never had gotten there before. And I don't know about you, but there are some things in our lives, like uh, if we could just, again, all be honest, the last two years seem to have ratcheted up the anxiety and the worry and the stress, right? And I hear just a few statistics of just where we live in America, right? Just some statistics about anxiety. Did you know that anxiety is the number one mental health issue in America? Number one, top, top one, that's it. It's the number one. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans consider themselves highly stressed? That's three out of four people in your row right now. Like every four people, three of them are saying, you know what, I am highly stressed. Not just somewhat stressed, highly stressed. I think we're finding ourselves in a highly anxious, highly stressed culture, right? I think about this, worry and anxiety actually is the number one reason for sickness and disease in America. If you look at it, 60% of diseases, actually some of them have a root in anxiety and depression, anxiety and worry. And again, the Washington Post had an article a few years ago, I remember seeing it, said this. It says, uh, it says that America is in a mental health crisis. It's a mental health crisis. And I got to thinking about it. You know what? The number one joy stealer, which is the title of today's message, is joy stealer, all right? So the number one, I believe, stealer of joy in yours in my life that's coming after that joy, guess what it is? I think it's anxiety and worry. I think it's anxiety to come and steal and rob us of the joy that God actually meant for us to have. 
Right? And I think about that, and I think, oh my gosh, as we look around, there's the big problem of that, of anxiety, worry, stress, all of those things. But I love the Bible in the fact that, guess what? The Bible is not silent about any of that stuff. That the Bible is not silent about this, that yes, this Bible was, was written down by men a couple thousands of years ago underneath the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? I believe that the Holy Spirit is living and active just like the Word of God is. And as we read the Word of God, what begins to happen is the Holy Spirit will speak to you and I specifically to what we're going through. Even in the middle of maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's depression, whatever it might be. But I believe that the Word of God has something incredible to say about it, even in the midst of all of it. I love that, and I love this series that we've been in called Can't Steal My Joy, right? And I think it's so funny today that I'm, I'm speaking to you about anxiety, and yet today is one of the, like, I'll just tell you guys, if I can just be real transparent and honest with you, like one of the most anxious days I've had in a long time, right? How many of y'all know that sometimes when you're going through something, that's the hardest stuff to talk about? Come on, somebody, right? Like, like for me, I, and I don't know what it is today, just really, really anxious. But guess what? Paul gives us a good recipe if we want to combat that anxiety with what he just told us and what we just read a second ago. And again, we've been in this series called Can't Steal My Joy. Somebody shout it. Can't steal my joy. That was good, but I want the kids on the other side of the wall to wonder what's going on in here, all right? Well, on three, we're going to say, can't steal my joy with all kinds of joy, all right? One, two, three. All right, that's good. That's good. So, can't steal my joy. This series has really been about this idea that no matter what you and I face, no matter what we walk through, no matter what we are up against, Paul is trying to write to a church telling them, saying, hey, no matter what you're going through, you can still have joy right in the middle of it. I love that so much. I love this idea that even in the midst of whatever circumstance you may find yourself in, that even in the middle of it, you can still have some joy right in the middle of it. And I think about that, and I think as Paul, he's writing this book to this church that he planted 10 years before that, and he's writing this letter to them, and he's just encouraging them, he's challenging them, and he's trying to kind of pushing them into maturity is what he's really doing. He's saying, hey, hey, really a mark of being a Christian, a mark of having Christ on the inside is that even when there's bad days, that you can still have some joy in the middle of it. Like that, that is still something that you can, you can go through and have. And I think, again, we are not going to stick our heads in the sand and act like there's nothing going on in the world, right? I'm not going to act like you are not walking through certain things. I want you to know that those are very real things that you're walking through, very real things that you're dealing with, very real things that you're struggling with. We all do. And again, we say it at Purpose Church, hey, it is okay to not be okay. I just believe God loves you and I too much to leave us that way, right? Like, like we're all going to go through it. We're all going to go through stuff. But I want us to know that, and I, I believe this series, and I believe Paul, when he's preaching, when he's writing this letter, and as we're preaching this letter that he has uh, wrote to this church, he is encouraging you and I that, yes, the thing may be very real that you're going through, but you can experience very real joy that cannot be taken from you. And I believe that to be so true. Again, hey, throw whatever you want at me. Guess what? You can't steal my joy. And this is the message of Paul in Philippians, right? I love that. I love how he starts out chapter 4, right? The very first verse that re-rep, I just spit right here, I'm very sorry. Uh, like the very first uh, le- uh, verse that we read today was one of the verses that I just love so much. It says this, always be full of what? Okay. Y'all need to say it like you got some, okay? Always be full of? That's good. Say it with a smile on your face, it just makes you better. Always be full of joy, watch what it says, in the Lord. 
And again, watch what Paul said. He said, I'm going to repeat myself, right? I'm not ashamed to repeat. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice, right? And I love this verse right here. I think this verse is so good for you and I just to pay attention to because what begins to happen so many times is that you and I may not be able to find joy in the circumstance, but the promise, if y'all could throw that right back up there. If you don't mind, I'm so sorry. If you don't mind, y'all are awesome. Can you throw that last verse? Can we give it up for our tech team, our, our production team? That's so good. Every week, trying to keep up with me is a problem, okay, sometimes. So, so always be full of joy in the Lord, right? See, I think we need to understand something that we may not be able to find joy in the circumstance, but it's a promise that you and I can always find joy in the Lord. I believe that to be so true. Even Psalm 16 verse 11 says this, in your presence, in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. That there is fullness of joy. They always be full of joy, Paul is saying. And I'm going to say it again, rejoice. This is what I love about Paul, though. He's not just saying it and just saying, like, all right, Pete, figure it out on your own. He's going to give us some recipe, some, some, some steps for you and I. Hey, always be joyful. Here's how you can begin to do that. Here's how you can begin to walk that out. And Paul, again, this means, so, this, like if, if Paul was writing this from the penthouse, that would be different, right? Paul is actually writing this from prison, if you don't know. And he's writing this to the church that he planted, uh, that, that he's telling them. He's writing it from prison because he was preaching the gospel. Not because he did something wrong, because he was preaching the gospel. And he's telling them, hey, always be joyful. Like, always have some joy up in the Lord. And I'm going to say it again, rejoice. I'm going to say it one more time, rejoice. And then he goes through and gives us some practical handles that you and I can begin. If we start today... I really do believe that God can use it to bring some joy in the middle of whatever situation you find yourself in. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Yeah. Our number one is this idea, and he says it in the verse, but I want you to write it down. Don't worry about anything. Number one, don't worry about anything. Come on, I, I saw all of us in this room a little while ago raise our hands and say, yo, I'm a worrier, all right? I, I'm with you. I'm right there with you. But the recipe, I feel like Paul is writing to all of us, and he's saying, again, think about where this dude bro is writing this from, okay? This guy right here is writing it from a Roman prison, okay? And he is on trial, he's waiting the trial that, that's coming for him preaching the gospel, and he has no idea what the next step looks like for him. He has no idea, like, like not knowing if he's going to be released, not knowing if he's going to be a prisoner for life, like not knowing if he was going to be killed for his faith, and he pins the words that you find right there in Philippians 4, the, uh, verse 6. He says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. See, and I, I got to thinking about that. And again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote this down to you and I, to the, to the church then and also to us today. And I think about this. If this verse is true and we believe that the full, like this gospel, this Bible is the truth of God's word. We believe everything that's in it, even sometimes I don't like what it has to say to me about what I should do or should not do. That's hard for me sometimes to understand, but we believe that this is true. Come on, amen or oh me, come on, right? We believe this to be God's truth, right? And so let's think about that verse right there. Don't worry about anything. So, so what that is telling me and you, I feel like there is not one thing, according to God, where the appropriate response is to worry. Right? Which means yes in Kentucky. Come on, somebody. All right, good. 
Yeah, yeah, there's not an appropriate response of worry in any situation. There's not like something that God would would come up to us and be like, hey, you know what? Okay, yeah, yeah, I I just, I see what you're going through. I understand. That's tough. That's hard. That is challenging. You can go ahead and worry about that, but not that other thing. You can worry about that. No, that's not how God works, right? He tells us, don't worry about anything. And again, maybe you're thinking, bro, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what my life looks like. You don't know what my bank account looks like. You don't know what my relationships looks like. There's no way that I can't worry. And my question to you and I, when we begin to worry, would be this. Is would God put something in the Bible and ask us to do something if we weren't able to do it? Right? Here's the thing. Maybe for you and I, it's impossible for you and me on our own to to not worry. Because guess what? I'm a worry wart. Come on, somebody, right? On my own, it is impossible for me to achieve. But last time I checked, and this is where I want you to say amen if you believe it. Last time I checked, guess what? We serve the God of the impossible. We serve the one that walks on water, that defies gravity, that does things that do not make sense in the natural world. That's the God that we serve. And so I want to just challenge some of us today. It may be impossible for you and I on our own. It is impossible. But the Bible tells us in Matthew 26, or 19, verse 26, that humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. And this verse in Philippians should not discourage you. It actually should encourage you. Because the good news of this verse is that we have the ability to live life worry-free. That we have the ability to say, you know what, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about that because what's happening is I'm, I'm, I'm acting like I'm the one that's in complete control whenever I worry. And Paul is telling you, and I, hey, no matter what the situation is, I'm writing this from prison to you. Don't worry about anything. That's the first step. Everybody okay? Okay, that's hard to do. Okay, I'm with you. Watch what happens next. And this is kind of one of the combative things of worry is the next thing that you and I can do. Don't worry about anything. Number two, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. See, I love what he goes on to say in Philippians 4, verse 6. He says, hey, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Come on, pause real quick. How many of us, if you're being real honest in church, get that mixed up? Can I raise my hand right here in the middle uh, with a microphone in my hand? Hey, listen, how many of us do this? Don't uh, worry about everything. Don't pray about nothing. <laughs> right? Right? Are we being honest? Can we be honest in church today? Because I believe that that's how a lot of us go into our weeks, worrying about everything, praying about nothing. And I feel like God is, again, challenging us this summer, when summer months we take off and we kind of just chill. and kind I believe he's ratcheting something up inside of our church and inside of you to say, hey, you know what? No, no, no. I, I, I want you to not worry about anything. Here's how you help combat that. you got to pray about everything. Like that, like prayer shouldn't be the, oh, oh, you know what, well, I guess all we got left to do is just pray. No! That should be our first response, not our last resort. It's not the last thing we go to. I guess we're going to just go to the one that controls all of it. I guess we're just going to wait on him, do everything we know up front, and then go to the one that controls everything, that holds the world in his hand, and then I guess, I mean, I guess we'll just pray. No! I don't think that's what God is calling us to do. I think God is saying, hey, you know what? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I believe what God is wanting you and I to do is when worry 
anxiety, stress, all of that begins to well up to you, like inside of you, that your first response should be just to talk to God, right? Because that's what prayer is. Some of us are like, I don't even know how to pray. Well, I'll talk to you about that in just a second. But let me encourage you that prayer is just talking and listening to God. Right? That's what prayer is. It's simple sometimes and complicated at the same time. Right? Because I do a lot of the talking when it comes to the prayer in my own life. We're going to talk about it in a few weeks when we start a new series called Dangerous Prayers. Like when was the last time that you just said, speak to me, Lord. And you sat there and waited. Like we, we go sit down and watch Netflix for an hour, I'm with you. We could play sports for an hour, work out for an hour. When's the last time I've just sat there and shut everything out and just said, God, speak to me? When's the last time I did that? So, so, so my, I'm challenging myself in this. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And again, I believe that God is saying, hey, you may feel worried, you may feel anxious. Invite me in into the middle of your worry. Invite me right into it. And so I want to show you guys a picture of this, um, of what this may look like for yours in my life. So this right here is a balloon. Uh, if you see that balloon, that balloon, if you can imagine for just a second, is mine in your life, worry-free, carefree. Ooh, that right there is vacation for life. Come on, somebody, right? Like worry-free, carefree, that's what this kind of represents. Now just imagine what begins to happen in mine and your life is that, you know, what happens is we go through something, we deal with something, we have some hard times, we have things going on. And the next thing you know is what begins to happen, worry begins to get on the inside of us. Anxiety begins to get on the inside of us. Stress begins to get on the inside of us. Okay, so what happens is we turn on the news, guess what? <laughs> worry, anxiety, right? Next thing you know, oh, okay, got some, got some financial stress. You know what happens? Got some more anxiety. <laughs> All right, got a little, whoo. I have a little relationship issues, having some things going on, you know, spouse or friends or whatever. Man, it's got me worried. I'm stressing. Come on, all the parents in the room, kids ain't sleeping. You know that's a stressor right now. Okay. Okay. It's one of them double stresses, right? Depends on how many kids you got. Depends on how many blows you put in a in balloon, right? Uh, job is not going quite like you thought it was supposed to, Right? Keep blowing, she says. She said, I'm I'm you keep going with that stress. I'm stressed even more, right? I'm anxious even How many of y'all starting to get a little nervous? I'm starting to get nervous because in the first service it popped on us. I mean, scared everybody to death. It was I was not going for the pop, but it went there anyway. It was awesome. Uh, but again, how many of us live like like life like this? Right? Where we say, hey, you know what? I, I, I was actually created to necessarily not worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, I was supposed to pray about everything. But instead, I pray about nothing and I worry about everything. How many of us, our life, we live our life like this? Just, just man, any second it could bust. Any, any more anxiety and it could bust. Any more stress, it could bust. Any more worry, it can bust. And a lot of us, we are living our life like this. But the truth of the scripture that we talked about today is that prayer is the thing that releases that worry. That prayer is the thing that releases that anxiety. That prayer is that thing that takes the us out of the ownership and the driver's seat of our lives. And we say, God, this is your life. You use me how you want to use me. And a lot of times, I'll just tell you prayer what it does. You know what it does? It does. It, it sound, my, my prayers sound a little bit like this sometimes.
Anybody else's prayers sound like that sometimes when we're like, we just whine into God, right? Sometimes happens that way, right? But what does prayer do? Prayer releases that anxiety. Prayer releases that worry, and what we begin to experience is the life that God had actually, and, and, and I mean, not that there would not be any sort of pain that we go through. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the worry and anxiety of going through pain, the worry and anxiety of going through something, the worry and anxiety of whatever your situation may look like. And the truth of Scripture is that prayer is the, like, like, like prayer is the releasing of the anxiety, and the releasing of the worry. Look what he says in verse uh, 7. After he just told us, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he has done. Then. Somebody say then. Right? Prayer is that thing. Watch. As you pray, as you worry about nothing, as you take it to God, as you give him control, then you'll experience God's peace. Then the, it, you'll experience peace that's going to exceed anything that we can understand, the Bible says. His peace will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. I love that, that the result of prayer is peace. That that's the result of prayer. It's peace, not just any peace that you and I can hype ourselves up on, but the peace, not Dustin's peace, but it's God's peace. And it's peace that doesn't even make sense. The peace that does not, sometimes shouldn't make sense. It's the peace that surprises you, and it's the peace that surprises other people. And so I'm going to challenge all of us today, if we find ourselves worrying about things, anxious about a lot of stuff, would you and I, hey, if you and I aren't consistently talking and praying to God, you and I are holding on to what makes us worried, anxious, stressed, and you and I are carrying something that we were never meant to carry in the first place. And I want to just challenge us with that. And you say, I don't even know how to pray. That's okay, because we want to do whatever we can to help teach you to pray. We're going to look at the life of Jesus. We're going to do that in a couple weeks, that, that again, through 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I don't know, I'm throwing this on you, Aaron, can you find that 21 days of prayer and fasting graphic? I'm so sorry, but I want you to see it, it's August the 7th through the 28th, right, we'll we'll, we'll go from Sunday to to three weeks of a Sunday, what will happen is, is that what, see there, there it is, 21 days of prayer and fasting, August 7th through the 27th is a Saturday, and then the 28th is Vision Sunday for our church. I can't wait to tell y'all about some vision I feel like God has given us for our church. And so I love that so much. Every single weekday, y'all looking at that and y'all worried about 6 a.m. I know what you are, right? It's 6 a.m. we're going to meet right here. Thank you, Aaron, so much. But right here, every single day throughout the week, 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Saturday. And as Monica was praying earlier, we're going to set the trajectory for our day. We're going to say, God, we're going to put you first. We're going to pray. We're not going to worry. We're going to set the thing up to to just follow after you today. And so I want to challenge our church. Would you lean into that? August 7th through the 27th, 6 a.m. every day here at the lot, 9 a.m. on Saturdays. You get to sleep in a little bit. Come on, somebody, right? But I'm going to ask us, listen. If, if you and I want to hear from God, I'm going to encourage you. Let's get the, and that's what fasting is. It's getting the world out, the things of the world. Fasting is sometimes food for some people. Um, sometimes it's social media. Sometimes it's other things like that. It's saying no to yourself, and it's saying, yes, I want more of God with prayer. That's really what prayer and fasting is. So I'm going to encourage you to lean into that. That's coming in August. It's going to be great. I cannot wait for that season. It's going to be a blast. 
And again, we're talking about some dangerous prayers in August. We're talking about praying some things that if you pray, just get ready for God to, to do some things with you. And I'm just going to ask our church, would, would 500 plus people, would we pray dangerous prayers? Would we pray some, God, make me bold. God, would you speak to me? And God, would you break my heart? Those are three prayers I promise you are dangerous. And we're going to talk about them in August. So just get ready for that. It's going to be a blast. Everybody okay? All right, good. And don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Reminds me of that old uh, hymn we used to sing back in the day. Remember that song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus? Y'all remember that song? I love that song. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So I'm asking us, would we ratchet it up and say, you know what? I'm not going to worry, but I am going to pray. I'm not going to worry. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Everybody good? Number three, here's it. We're going to land a plane on this. Fix your thoughts. you got to learn to fix your thoughts. Don't worry about anything. You want some joy up in the situation that you're in? You want some things that you're going through right now to be, oh, okay, hey, it may on the outside, there's no way I can have some peace, there's no way I can have some joy. If you want some of that, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, and then fix your thoughts. This is what uh, Paul has to say in verse 8. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about everything that is excellent and praiseworthy or worthy of praise. And you may be thinking, you know what, I've tried the prayer thing, and it works in the moment, but then it comes back, right? Anxiety comes back. Worry comes back. And again, I think all of us have been there. Like, you're probably thinking, why doesn't God just completely take away worry from me forever? Why does it keep happening? And I want to encourage you, prayer is an incredible option. It's always the option. And then I want to encourage you that not only prayer, it may need to be partnered up with fixing your thoughts, with checking the patterns of your life. See, worry and anxiety often come from a particular thought pattern or something that is deep down within inside of us. See, scientists and psychologists call them neuropathways in our brain. See, if you, if you know anything, or if maybe you're a deer hunter out there, right? If you love hunting deer, I, if you've ever been in the woods and you see these little trails that are all throughout the woods, that, that, that deer goes the same direction every single time and, you know, packs that mud down, packs that dirt down and literally creates a path in the middle of the woods, it's the same thing that's happening inside of your brain. A neural pathway is when you think a thought, it literally creates a path in your brain. And what begins to happen, the more you think about that thought, the stronger that thought gets, the easier it is to think it again, and the harder it is to get into a different thought, right? If you think about it, if you ever heard, hey, your mind's in the gutter, literally your mind is in a gutter sometimes. That it's literally a pathway that's just easy to go down. But the good thing about what God and how God created us, he created us so excellently and in, I mean, I'm just so intrinsically, I mean, just incredible that the brain actually has the ability to change. It has the ability to change. And this is way beyond my pay grade. I looked it up on the Googles, okay? Neuroplasticity is what that's called, okay? 
that's yours in my brain has the ability to change neuroplasticity. And scientifically, like you have the power to change what you think. You know what? I love when science finally discovers what God's been telling us for a couple thousand years, right? I love that because he tells us in Romans 12 verse 2, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by doing what? Changing the way you think, right? I love that so much. And the reality is for me in my life, so many times through God, we have the ability to change the way that we think. Does anybody agree with me today, right? Through God, we have the ability to change the way we think. I heard it growing up, but it's this idea of, hey, you don't have to live this way anymore. No more stinking thinking, right? That you don't have to live that way anymore. That you don't have to live with that mentality, with those thoughts in Philippians 4, 9. But Paul begins to tell us again, here's some things I've learned along the way. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Go down to verse 11. He says this, not that I, have, I was ever in need, for I have learned. Somebody say learn. I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. And then he goes on and says it again. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. And I love that Paul says right there, I have learned. You know what that challenges me? Is that he had to fix his thoughts. He had learned something. I have learned. He learned. He grew. He changed. This is not something he just happened to fall into, just how, something he happened to trip up on. wasn't a spiritual gift that like he just had. No, he had to learn some things. He had to fix his thoughts. He had to change the way he was thinking. And let me pastor you for just a second if I can. Is that okay? Means yes, There's some of us that have been coming to Purpose Church for three years that we've been a church. Some of us have been coming for a long time. And my heart for you is, again, this is a place where it's okay to not be okay. But hear my heart in saying this, it's not okay to stay that way. And I believe that God is calling some of you to take a step. That God is saying, hey, you know what? You haven't changed in two years since you've been coming. You haven't changed your patterns. You haven't changed what you've been doing. You haven't, you haven't shifted the focus from what everything else is to me. And I just feel like I, I wanted to be your pastor today. And just tell you, hey, listen, some of you need to, need to fix your thoughts. Some of you need to make a change. Some of you need to grow. Some of us need to choose some growth that's going to be happening in our life. And I believe that to be so true. And again, he says, hey, now, I, now I've learned it. Now I'm learning it. And again, learning is a process. How many of y'all have noticed that? Like learning is something that is always happening. He's saying, well, what has he learned? I believe he's learned what is true. What's honorable, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's, what's praiseworthy, what's excellent, what's admirable. And when we put our minds, and, and what we put into our minds honestly determines what comes out in our words, in our actions, in our desires. And I've got to examine the pathways that are there. I've got to look at my own life and say, okay, hey, 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 how have I conditioned myself now? How have I done things the last little bit to where this is not honoring? This is not true. This is not noble. This is not admirable. This is not trustworthy. This is not right. This is not pure. And am I letting movies? This is me talking to me personally, but you can take it as well for you. Am I, am I letting movies, internet, books, Facebook, the news, 
Other people's opinion, TV, try to tell me what is true, what is honorable, what is noble, what is right, what is pure. Or am I letting the, the, the word of God set the standard for my life? And I just want to challenge some of us today. We have to learn to fix our thoughts. And that comes through two things that we've talked about today. Guess what? Prayer and reading God's word. Because truth is always going to change if we're just following everything of what culture tells us. But this is the thing that never changes. And that he, we, we serve a God that is living and active. And as you read this, as I read this, there's stuff in here that it is offensive to me as I read it. And I'm like, no, I don't like that. But as I'm reading this book, guess what it begins to do? It's the only book in the world you can read and it reads you right back. Come on, somebody, right? It's like a mirror. As I open God's word, as I'm, as I'm communing with him, I'm talking with him, as I'm having conversation, I'm, I'm praying and I'm listening. As I'm doing that, then what I'm doing, I'm conditioning myself to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to fix my thoughts on what your word says. I'm going to fix my, I'm not going to worry about what they say about me. I'm not going to worry what everybody else is saying out there. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to worry about all the things that got me worked up and anxious and worried. I'm going to concentrate on what the word of God says. And I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to pray. And then guess what? As I do that, as I fix my thoughts, as I pray about everything, I really do feel, then you ain't going to worry about nothing. But I think a lot of times in my life, I, I, I just kind of take it back to what Paul has to say. Paul, waiting for his execution. I have learned to be content in anything. I have learned that joy, how you can have joy no matter what he's thinking. He's saying, what's your secret, Paul? Like, what is it, bro? Like, like tell us. How have you been learning what he just said in verse 13? I've learned the secret of living in every situation. How? What is it? Philippians 4.13. Right? We know this verse. We know this verse like the back of our hands. We use it when we're in sports world and all that kind of stuff. But I hope it gives you some context to where this guy's writing is from now. I hope it gives you some context to what he's walking through now. And then he says this. All of that to say... All the stuff I've walked through, all the stuff I'm going through, all that to say, I can do everything, all things through who? Christ, who strengthens me, who gives me strength. Real lasting peace, you've been looking all over for it. You've been looking for some real lasting joy. Guess where it can be found? Through Christ, in a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is one of his names, as we sang a few minutes ago, was El Shaddai, which means Prince of Peace. And I just believe that today the Prince of Peace, the one that wants to give you peace, the one that wants to give you joy, is offering you that. And you've been searching everywhere else, but you can only find it in Jesus. And then I want you to write this down, and we're going to just we're gonna pray together. With Jesus, peace is not just possible, but peace is promised. With Jesus, peace is not just possible, it's actually promised. I want you to write that down if you don't mind. Would you just set your books down to the side or your papers or whatever it is? And would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're in this room and you've never encountered the Prince of Peace. I want you to know he's been coming after you. He's been pursuing you. He wants a relationship with you. It is not by accident or on accident that you are here. It is on purpose. It is, it is designed that you were here to hear this message today. And maybe you've been running far from God. But guess what? He is a God that loves you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, and he wants to forgive you. He wants to accept you into the family of God. And the Bible tells us, listen, y'all, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, including a guy with a microphone in his hands. I promise you, from the day I was born, I, I, I don't have to teach our kids how to, how to sin. Guess what? They already know how to do it, right? All of us do because it's who we are. It's what, we've, what we know. 
And, and the Bible tells us that we've all sinned, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of that, the wages of falling short, the wages of sin, you know what it is? It's death. The Bible tells us that, that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So maybe you're here and you've never said yes to the eternal life that Jesus Christ offers. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're listening on the podcast. I just want to extend that offer to you today. Maybe you need to say yes to a relationship with him. If that's you, I want you to know that the Bible also tells us how we can make that happen. That if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So maybe you're here and you need to pray that. You need to pray something like, well, I'm going to pray word for word or whatever. I just want you to mean it in your heart. I want you to tell God what you need. I want you to say something like this. Dear God, I want you to come in my life. Would you save me? I believe that Jesus, you died on the cross. I believe that you went to the cross for me. I believe that if I, you didn't, that I would have to pay for my own sin and I could never do that. God, I accept you into my life today. Forgive me. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you got out of the grave. And I put my full trust in you today. Thank you for saving me, forgiving me, loving me, and help me live for you the rest of my life from this day forward. Maybe that's you watching online. Maybe that's you in this room. I just want to tell you, I believe if you prayed something like that, but if you meant it in your heart and you said, I needed Jesus to come in and save me, that the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive you and I of all unrighteousness. And so if that's you and you just did that, first of all, I just want to tell you congratulations on making the best decision to say yes to Jesus in your life. Like that's the best decision that you'll ever make. And I, I'm just so thankful for you. I'm so glad that you're here. And here's my thing for you. There is a party going on in heaven when one person comes to Jesus, and I just believe that, man, our church, we want to celebrate that. We want to walk with you. We want to help answer any questions you might have. And so maybe you're here, and you've said yes to Jesus today. Here's my, here's my heart for you. Would you tell somebody today? Right? We would love to know it. There's a few ways you can let us know. we got an incredible prayer team up here to the, my right, your left, at the end of the service, whenever I dismiss you. Uh, listen, like they're going to be there waiting for you. You can come and tell them, hey, today I said yes to Jesus. Uh, or you can even text us, text the number 270-229-6488. Just text the word purpose to that number. That'll get us connected. It'd be our highest honor to follow up with you if you said yes to a relationship with Jesus today. We love that. We love that. We love that. Well, come on, Purpose Church, why don't we do this? Would you stand to your feet? Would you lift your heads? And could we have a little bit of heaven here on earth? Can we celebrate because of people meeting Jesus today? Come on, let's celebrate like we really mean it. So thankful. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.